Awesome. Yay, Jesus. Yes. We still doing good? Yes. Ah, thank you, Father. That was a great testimony. Oh, I love the testimony of Jesus. Yes. The spirit of prophecy. Thank you, Father. You're so good. Uh, that, uh, uh, just encountering Jesus. I love it. Thank you, Father. Uh, not too many months ago, I got to spend some time with uh, yeah, Ian McCormick. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but known as the uh, Jellyfish Man. And uh, oh, what a story that is, huh? If you ever heard it? He, uh, you know, he got. It's a long story. He got stung by these box jellyfish, and and uh, you know, basically led himself to the Lord in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And uh, rem- remember, he was, he was running far from the Lord, but uh, remembered the Lord's prayer that his mom would pray over him at night when uh, she was put in bed as a young kid. And, but he could only remember one line at a time. So he'd remember the, he'd remember the first line of you know, the prayer, like, you know, hallowed be thy name, and, and, then, and then somebody's face that he needed to forgive would come up, and he'd have to, he had to forgive that person until the next line of the prayer would come up, and, and so he got through the whole thing and gave his heart to Jesus, and, but he ended up dying, and well, it was like six hours he was gone, and he got to see hell and, and uh, heaven, and then, and then God sent him back, just powerful, amazing stuff, and I sh- as she was talking, just the testimony of Jesus. I was in, I was in Peru, um, in in back in July. I was in Peru and and uh, had great stuff happen. But it, in the course of a day and a half, just having conversations with with people, with pastors, you know, just driving between meetings and whatever, and and just three radical stories in a row. Just just asking people, like, so how'd you? How'd you come to the Lord? And this this one pastor was like, "Yeah, when I was in my twenties, my mom got sick with cancer and she and she died. And uh, but some other people in the village had been praying for her, and uh, so we were having her funeral. And uh, and she's de- she's been dead, you know, a couple days, a week, whatever it was. And they had the funeral. The whole family's gathered. She sits up in her coffin and starts preaching the gospel." <laughs> That'll get your attention right there. <laughs> she, she, she sits up in the coffin, preaches to everybody. Everybody gets, gets born again in the meeting. And she gets up out of the coffin and lived for another 20 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That'll, that, that, that should get your attention right there. And... Uh, Another another pastor, I was just having a conversation with him, and uh, I said, how'd you come to the Lord? And he's like, when I was, I think he was like 12, 12 to 14, somewhere in there. He was, he was middle school age. He lived in this, in this village. He's like, I was walking to school one day, and I heard in like an orchestra, orchestra. I just heard the sound of music. But they're in like a village with like, you know, huts and stuff, and He's like, we don't have an orchestra in our village, you know. But I just heard this music coming out of nowhere. So I followed the music out into this field, and there's nothing out there. It's just this music. Then the music stops, and this voice says, I'm Jesus Christ. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's 
so that got his attention. <laughs> so then he, so then, then the voice is gone, the music's gone, so he's like, oh, I guess I better go to school. I don't know what else to do. So he makes his way to school. His uncle was the headmaster of the school. He's now late for school, so his uncle says, why are you late? He tells him. So his uncle says, okay, so you're not only going to get, you know, they paddled kids back then. Not only are you going to get a paddling for being late, you're going to get paddling for lying. <laughs> so it gives them double, double lashes for being late to school. And then, then that weekend, a missionary for the first time shows up in their village. This boy, he's like 14, he's the only person in the village that shows up to the meeting. It's just, just him, this missionary, and it's the missionary, his wife, and, and their two kids. And he preaches like the place is full. You know, he does a whole, you know, he does like an official service, you know. We're going to open with a few songs, and, you know, he leaves them through a couple of hymns, and he goes, uh, now I'm going to bring forth the word, you know, open your Bibles too. And, like, it's just this one 14-year-old kid there. <laughs> he does this whole official service, and he preaches, <clears throat> he preaches that, that verse. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then at the end, he goes, is there anyone here that wants to give their heart to Jesus? <laughs> so he's like looking around, and he's like, I guess I do. And so, so he came forward and gave his, gave his heart to Jesus, and, you know, obviously they prayed with him and everything. And so, you know, the, the boy thought he was done. He's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll go home now. And the missionary's like, oh, you're, you're not done yet. And so now you're going to take me to all your friends and family and relatives. So for the next few days, he just had this boy take him from hut to hut all through the village and introduce the missionary to all the people. Then he'd share with them, pray with them, and a bunch of people in the village got saved, and including this boy's father and his uncle, who now had to repent for beating him, you know, giving him double lashes the weekend, you know, a couple days before, and, and, uh, so, you know, that was his story, but when I was talking to him, he's now, he's, he's 70 years old, and he's an apostolic uh, over, overseer for 70 churches in Peru, and, uh, and that happened when he was 14. I said, have you ever seen that missionary, you know, again? He's like, no, that week he was there, and then he left, and I've never seen him since. I'm just like, the fruit of the kingdom. I, one of the things I am most excited about, obviously, you know, being in the presence of Jesus, but one of the mo things I'm most excited about is, the, is the, the outplay, you know, the chain reaction of all this, the little things that you do and the people that you've ministered to and, you know, that you'll never know the full story until eternity. And that missionary has no idea that that 14-year-old boy that he led to the Lord is the apostolic overseer for 70 churches throughout Peru. Oh. <laughs> last, last one, just because I'm having fun telling these stories. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, this all was in a day and a half, you know. So I'm talking to another pastor. And I, now, now I'm kind of getting on a roll, you know. I'm just, I've got to ask everybody. So I asked this, this other pastor, I said, how did you come to Jesus? And he said, oh. He said, when I was in, when I was in my 20s, I was the, um, I was the main um, hitman for one of the drug cartels in Colombia. He he killed people for a living, you know, and and uh, and and he's like, and um, you know, I was I was wanted in, in all these countries, and you know, I was 
most wanted list and, and all this. And I was running, I was on the lab, I was running from the authorities, and they were chasing me through, you know, multiple countries. I was hiding out and all this stuff. And he's like, this one, this one police officer finally caught up with me. I was doing some bad stuff, and he caught up with me in this, in this, I think it like was an alley, but I remember he said, I had my, wall, my back up against this brick wall, and I could see this, and the, the, the police officer had his hand on his gun, and he's like, he was just frozen there looking at me. He's like, I could see the gears in his brain turning, and he's like, I'm thinking to myself, he's, he's deciding right now if he's gonna shoot me or not. And this police officer's got his hand on his gun, and then finally he takes his hand off his gun, he reaches into his, his squad car or whatever, and he pulls out his Bible. And he tells this guy, he's all, sit down right here, I'm going to preach the gospel to you. And the police officer, instead of shooting him, <laughs> he shoots him. <laughs> he blasts him. And uh, he gives him the gospel, and the guy gets born again right, right there. And, and now he's pastoring this youth-like revival that's breaking out in... Uh, in Peru, it's just, oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Jesus, Father. We just give you praise and glory and honor. Wow, thank you, Father. God, I thank you for the supernatural power of salvation, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, thank you, God, for just reminding us, God, of uh, yeah, the main thing. Thanks, Father. You know, I actually had this, I had this, this picture in worship. I'm laying on the floor there. And I don't know. I mean, it was for me, but maybe it's for, for all of us. And there was this picture, and, and all these people were building these sand castles, you know, and then, and then people were building a bigger sand castle than somebody else. And then, and then there was, and then there was this, this boy who was just like, I'm just happy that I have some sand. <laughs> And it was just like this, this remembrance of like, ah, oh, I remember there was a time when I didn't have any sand. You know, that, that, that he's pulled us out of darkness. But he didn't just pull us out of darkness and leave us on the banks, you know, dirty and, and scuffed and in broken chains. He pulled us out of darkness and he put us into his marvelous light. But ah, uh, just this sense. There's, there's, there's a real sense of just unity, uh, you know, in the group here, and just a real, just a real humility and love for the Lord. But just that, like, oh God, I, I don't need a bigger castle than somebody else. I don't, I don't need the biggest miracles. I just, <laughs> I don't need to be the biggest and the best. I just, just the fact that I get to be a part of what you're doing. I just, I just get to be in the game. Wow, I don't need the biggest sand castle. Just the fact that I have some sand. <laughs> this is the most amazing thing ever. So thank you, Jesus. All right, well, we're going to jump in where we left off. Just let you know um, a couple of things, resources that are back there. If you want, if you want those, um, this is kind of in line with what we're talking about already, but this is called Radical Testimonies and, and Encounters. This is, um, this is not a teaching. This is, I asked, I asked some of my friends, some, some crazy revivalists, just seeing God do radical things around the world. Chad, Chad Dedman, who's 
back at your church or will be there real soon. He's on here. And I just, I just ask these people that walk in crazy realms of the supernatural and seeing metal disappear and all this stuff. I said, share, share the moment that your life was marked by God. Whether it's an encounter or testimony, something like, what's the moment that changed everything? So there's just different tracks of people sharing their, their most radical encounter, and, and it's set to music. So radical testimonies and encounters from a revival generation. There you go, if you want that. Thank you, Jesus. This is called uh, Living with Supernatural Expectancy. You know, as we renew... We renew um, you know, uh, our childlike faith in God, we, we learn that we get to create this realm of expectancy in God. That what we expect to see, it opens the door for what we get to see in the kingdom. That you can only access grace where you recognize grace. If you don't know it's available, you're probably not accessing it. <clears throat> that's, that's true for all of us, and we all have realms of revelation, we all have realms that we're growing in. Um, but... Uh, you know, I <laughs> probably needs more, more backdrop than that. But really, this, this revelation that we're the only people on the planet as born-again believers, that we have the ability to create a realm of expectation that we don't have the pressure to fulfill. Ah. Because for what we believe to become faith, it has to have expectation connected to it. We can believe something... There's a lot of stuff that the church believes, but we don't see. It's because we don't have expectation or expectancy connected to what we believe. But the moment that, the moment the breath of expectancy comes on the belief, not just like, oh, God could do it if he wanted to, not just, oh, can he do it, but this revelation that, that God wants to do it, he's excited to do it, he's ready to do it right now, and I can feel it, I have this substance of, of faith bubbling on me, it's happening right now, that is when belief becomes faith and, and the kingdom begins to manifest. But faith is, faith is the muscle that, that moves heaven, and so we actually have the ability to create a realm of ex- expectancy that we don't have the pressure to fulfill. We believe that God wants to do good things, but we don't. God wants to heal. We don't have to heal people. We just get to partner with Him doing it. We get to believe that He's doing it, but it's not my responsibility. So anyway, who would like that? Okay, that hand up there in the third row. We we'll get we we'll get something we we'll get something going for you. This is called partnering with God's pleasure. I'll probably share share some of that. Um, one of the evenings, maybe. Um, that's, that's a good one. This is called For the Healing of the Nations. Um, this was uh, the original. Uh, it's a seven-part series he- training on healing. So equipping, you know, your people, any of that stuff. Um, this, is, this is great for that. S- lots of testimonies that come out of that. One of my favorite is... Um, is a, a pastor in the Gaza Strip in Israel got a hold of this and he, he listened to it. It's seven. It's a seven part series, but his his word his story is that he listened to it ten times in a row. And he was baptized in fire while he was listening to it and started seeing miracles happen as a result. Started taking his people through it. They started seeing miracles. They started clearing out hospitals uh, or sections of hospitals in that area. 
it caused so much stir, you know, the, the, in, in, with the, the Muslims and the, the terrorist factions that they actually, they actually ch by threat of death, chased them out of Gaza, uh, him and his family and some of their leaders, and so they moved to Bethlehem, Israel, and they're doing, now they're just doing the same stuff there. And he now has, uh, he has pastor's conferences where 400, 400 ex-Muslim pastors will come and the Holy Spirit will fall on them and they're getting lit up on fire. So those things are all back there too. And Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Father, we love you. Let's just tell him that we love his presence. Well, we just jump in. Father, we love your presence. God, we love your presence because we love you. Thank you, Father. And your presence is you. Thank you, God. And Father, I thank you for just the spirit of refreshing that's here. That, that you're pouring out this morning and it's just continuing. And, and God, well, I thank you that you're refreshing me. <laughs> Thanks, God. We love you. We just say, come, Holy Spirit. Just continue to surprise us, Father. Ah, continue to surprise us in Jesus' name. Oh, more of your, your grace and your goodness come, God. Wow, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Papa. Shukur <laughs> Baba. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Father. His presence is Him. We hit that well. The first session, but I just felt to share something with you that God told me a while back, and and you know God just started pressing on me like, um, God's like I don't I don't want you to I don't want you. What's the right word? I don't want you to have any hesitancy in in going after the anointing, and I I think sometimes what happens is that you know the the anointing. Being in the presence, the anointing, especially, it, it gets this this reputation, or it gets slotted by by the by the opinion of, of men that it's about you know power, it's about the this you know it's about the man of God, the man of power for the hour and all that, and and sometimes it can it can lose the the, the love, the original love encounter effect that it was it was supposed to have, and and sometimes there could be a little we might not even realize it, but sometimes there's this this hesitation or resistance because of that that comes up. It's like ah, oh, I'm just I, I'm not going to fully give myself to that. Because I don't want to be about any of those superficial things. But God just started, God just started talking to me. And, and obviously, you know, uh, you know, my story is kind of, it's, it's a lot about that, you know. Uh, healing rooms and healing conferences and miracles. That's just something I've been going after. But, and it kind of snuck in. I hadn't even realized it. But I was like, oh, this, re this resistance, I didn't even know it was there. Hesitation, I didn't even know it was there. And God's like, God's like, look. I want you to understand that before the anointing is power, it's intimacy. And, and he went back to what I was just sharing earlier, but his presence is him. And anointing, as we said already, anointing literally means to be smeared or covered. To be covered with what? To be covered with him. So to have the greatest anointing means you're stepping into the greatest realms of intimacy. <laughs> and if anointed means to be intimate, then sign me up. 
<laughs> then I'm all in. I want, I want the greatest anointing that, that, that is possible, not because I need the biggest sandcastle, but because I want more of him. Yeah. <laughs> and so God's, God's like, don't, don't hesitate, don't run from the anointing, because before it ever is power, before it's a display of anybody getting out of a wheelchair or cancer being healed, anoint, it's just me. Uh, and, the, and the still small voice of the Lord that the prophet encountered on the mountain, the still small voice of the Lord just came and just, it just cut through all the haze and all the, uh, all the plaque that builds up. He just said, hey, before it's any of those things, it's me. Just put your hand on your heart for me. Just, yeah, uh, just tell him, Jesus. I want you well, before anything else. Thank you, Papa. Yeah. Yeah. So, Father, we just thank you. Just in the place of refreshing that you're pouring out, that you just would, that you would renew any place that's just uh, a wall is built up or is gone dry in all of us, myself included. And, and that you would even make new places in our heart, God, to hold the oil of your presence. Wow. Yeah. And out of that, that you would continue to surprise us in, in how much you do, Father. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, in, uh, in, Luke, in Luke 10, Jesus <clears throat> sends out the 70 and he tells them to go into all the world and, and heal the sick. And then he tells them something really profound. He says, as you, as you go into the world and heal the sick, tell them this. Tell them that the kingdom of heaven has just come near to you. And I tell you that, you know, again, we're still, we're on the theme of, of revival culture and stewarding a revival culture. But I tell you that, that I am passionate, personally am passionate about the miraculous, about seeing God manifest himself in powerful and wonderful ways and people getting healed and tumors disappearing and all that stuff, not because I'm impressed with the miracles themselves as much as I'm impressed with the fact that God loves people enough to do the miracles. Oh, that's what messes me up. That we have a God that loves people so much that even in their brokenness, uh, even in their imperfection, that, uh, come on, especially in their brokenness and imperfection because it's a gospel of grace, amen, that, he, that he'll reach through and he'll display his love in the most radical ways. Uh, wow. That, 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 I, that I personally became passionate about this stuff because... because uh, you know that moment when the light bulb comes on? Yeah, yeah you know, we all know that moment when somebody gets it. You can just see in their eyes the love of, of God, the, the adoption. Oh, I've been set free. I'm a favored son. Whatever it is, the light bulb comes on. Oh, I'm not the same that I used to be. You know, in... In one miracle, like the the essence of the of the message, the essence of the gospel is encapsulated in one miracle, and what and what can take you know weeks and months or sometimes years to 
to convince people just through, you know, teaching and, and, and just good education can happen in just a moment. You know, somebody's got, somebody's got cancer and, you know, a mom of three kids and they got cancer and she's terrified of, you know, missing out on her children, them growing up and, you know, what's their life going to be like without a, a mother and, you know, all the things that go into that. But, but then God comes in. But then God comes and eradicates the cancer from that body. She could have never gone to church in her, in her whole life. But in that moment, she has an encounter with, with the revelation, with these truths. One, that God must be real. Two, He must be available. And three, he must love me. Wow. You know, that's... In every miracle, there's an invitation for adoption. That's why I love God showing up in power. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's it for me right there. And... uh before I jump back into more <clears throat> what I was going to share, you know, just the, the briefest of brief stories of, of uh, you know, Pastor Bill, our pastor back in Reading. Some of you may have heard this, some of you may have not, but um, before he pastored in Reading, uh, he pastored in Weaverville, which is just up the hill, 45 minutes up in the mountains from Reading, small town, 3,000 people small little town he pastored there for 17 years was a senior pastor and uh he had a he had a visitation near the end of that time there he had a visitation from god in that little church and you know full full on renewal showed up the presence of god came and and they started seeing some miracles and things started happening but it only lasted for about 6 months It only lasted six months, and then it dissipated, and it was it was kind of back to it was kind of back to the old normal, except for now they had tasted and seen. <laughs> now they'd been ruined. They've been wrecked for the ordinary. Anybody been wrecked for the ordinary in the, in here? And they've been wrecked for the ordinary. But but God seemingly like we know we know. It, in theory, you know, we know the theology. He never leaves us. He never, but, but it wasn't the same. That manifest presence of God that had visited them, like, wasn't there anymore. And now they're like, back to church as normal before. And they're like, but we can't do this. And, you know, again, the shortest of, of, of short stories is that sent him into this season of, of seeking the Lord, just uh, with everything in his heart. God, I, I, I've got to have you again. I've got to have you again. In the, in the manifest, tangible love of God, I have to have you again. More of you at any cost. And, you know, it, he tells his story that he would wake himself up. He was so, he was so convicted by this thing, he, he would wake himself up in the middle of the night praying. He wouldn't wake up to pray. He would wake himself up because in his sleep he was praying that, God, more of you at any cost. And basically what it came down to is God convicted him. And, and what, he had to, what he had to give to God 
is he said, God, if you visit me again, if you visit me again, I will never t- change the subject. Because what God had shown him in that process is that when the presence came, when the manifest tangible love of God came, that, that, you, that you attached it, you made it a side issue, a side compartment of what you were already doing. You kept all your programs, all your things, and you just tried to add on the presence of God to what you were already doing. And God's like, my presence is not a side issue. And so God took his hand off for a season until the conviction came. All right, God, if you will come again, I will never change the subject. And I will never make you a side issue. Your presence a side issue. And so I said er- earlier that, you know, I'm so thankful that, that out of that conviction has been a place cultivated where, where myself and others have had a place to thrive. But, but that's, that's, you know, 20 years down the line and the presence of God is alive and pumping in that place. But just the, you know, just the testament to that one individual saying, I will, I will never change the subject. <laughs> we, you know, you're all pastors. You know what it is to, to preach on one theme for, you know, even a month. <laughs> you're like, oh, we've got to move on to something else. <clears throat> 20 years. And going. You know, and then, and then right, that's the time he ended up in, in Reading. And uh, the church was, that he took over, his pa- father had pastored that church previously. His fa- he took over that church, <clears throat> and it was about 1,800 people, and he successfully shrunk the church down to about 700 people. <laughs> so they had, they had a, the great exodus, you know. And, uh, but, but because of this conviction, God, I, w- I will never change the subject. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. So, Father, <clears throat> again, let's just let's just assume they're chanting for Jesus back there. And <laughs> they're, they're, they're making declarations over our, our service right now. God, revival. God, come. God, take nations through those people. Yes, we say yes, Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So, Father, we thank you for just, just touching uh, our hearts, God, and giving us the ability to never change the subject, God, in Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Wow. Jesus' name. <clears throat> Yeah, a couple of verses that that we all know, we all know really, really well. And in uh, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter three, it says this: "My son, do not forget my law, but let your hearts keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you." Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. 
Oh, I love that. Daniel was considered a man of high esteem in the sight of the Lord. Proverbs 3, verse 5, here it is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Thank you, Jesus. Lean, lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. We talked about being childlike earlier and just this place for leaders just this wrestle of have being being in charge but not being in control <laughs> thank you father because uh, when God comes he likes to be in control he doesn't God doesn't play well with those who need to be in charge. <laughs> oh. When the presence comes, how do we how do we respond? How do we react? Lean not on your own understanding. You know, our ability to give up our right to understand is huge. God, you said never to change the subject. All right, you do realize that there's a thousand people leaving the church. This feels like the wrong direction we're supposed to be going. <laughs> this is evangelism in reverse. <laughs> this is the anti-church growth program. <clears throat> but God, I've given up my right to understand. Because our, our need to understand is rooted in our, in our need to be in control. And our need to be in control is rooted in fear. When we're afraid, when we're anxious, we want to have control because then it gives us some sense of like, I can determine the outcome. Like, I don't know what's about to happen next. That makes me nervous. So let me get some control so that I, I have some sense of what's going to happen next. Okay, that makes me feel better about myself. It makes me feel better as a leader. Now I look like I know what I'm doing. I know what's about to happen next. Okay, Whew, we're in control. That's great. The only problem is God left. <laughs> he didn't leave, you know what I mean? But God, God sometimes, he'll take his hand off and he's just waiting. Okay, when are you going to get to the end of yourself? <laughs> when are you going to realize that you're working on your sandcastle, but, but I'm not there and I'm the glue that holds it all together? <laughs> we come to the end of our, ourselves, we're like, oh, all right, I, I, need, I need to let perfect love come in. That perfect love casts out all fear. Ah, there's the peace again. I don't need to be in control. I don't need to be in charge. I don't have to understand. I just get to trust you. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do you know that word acknowledge there is the word yada? That we all, we all know. The, the, word, the word yada, to know God, to acknowledge God, it, it's actually it's to know God experientially. It's to know God experientially, which, which that then, you know, infers to know God through the senses, the five senses, to taste and see that He is good. <laughs> wow. It, it's, it's not saying to acknowledge God like, like an intellectual understanding, like, like, hey God, good morning, I know you're out there, you know, like a head nod, like, you know... Thank you, Jesus, for blessing this service. It's like it's saying no to know God experientially, to be aware of God, to be aware of His presence, His goodness, to be aware of the anointing that is intimacy before its power. It's saying be aware of God in all of your ways. In all the things that you that you're doing, and in that place, I will direct your paths. Wow, it's a lot more powerful than than good morning, God. I know you're out there, but everything you go into, oh, God, there you are. Wow, that every that oh, you know, our in Bill in his story. He said, I, I had to get to the place where I was, I was willing to let good ministries die. I had to get to the place where I was willing to let good ministries die. If it wasn't, if it was, if it was our efforts, if we had our, a little makings of our sandcastle, but God wasn't the glue, if the presence, if the, if the awareness, the knowledge, the acknowledgement of Him wasn't wasn't tangibly in the center, then we need to pull back and revisit what we're doing. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. You know, I think, I think as Christians, we can, we can get in this place of, of, of picking good things that we want to do for God and then asking God to come and bless those things. You know, and, and obviously there's, there's place to move out of principle. There's always two sides to, to these, these messages. But, but we can give this place of like, okay, this is something I want to do for God. And we start asking God to come bless it. But the reality is we can find out what God is blessing. And then we go and attach ourselves to that. And it's already blessed. There's already favor on it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Wow. Let's just have another drink. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just, let's just have another drink. Thank you, Father. We love you, love you, love you, God. Yeah, just put your hands out and just, ah, oh, we love you, God. Uh, just say, come, Holy Spirit. More of you. More of you. More of you. Thanks, God. 
Wow. We want to acknowledge you in all of our ways. Thank you, Papa. We exalt you. We give you praise and glory and honor. We just drink in your goodness, God. Wow. Thank you, Father. More, 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 more of you. Thanks, God. Hey, Jesus. Come. Grace, grace, grace. Grace and surprises, God. In Jesus' name. Wow. Father, I pray that you would just, that you would take us to all, to new levels. Yeah, radical things, God, that we've never seen before. Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Amen. Wow. You know, <clears throat> I shared, um, I shared a bit of my journey yesterday as we, we were gathered. Some of us were gathered together um, just for some fellowship and shared a bit of the journey, our story of the healing rooms, and I'm not going to go into all of it now. But there is this, there's this, this key place where our healing rooms weren't, weren't flourishing. They weren't, they weren't bubbling with life. It wasn't full of joy. It wasn't full of passion and, and displays of power. It was just like, it was a bunch of people trying to do a good thing for God. But how many people know we were never meant to do it out of our own ability? It's got to be, it's got to be by His grace or it's just, it's just not going to work. So we were there, we were trying to do a good thing for God and we're, we're praying and we're like, God, we want to see the impossible cases bow their knee to Jesus and and, you know, so we're going after it, and the impossible cases are showing up, but we're not seeing the breakthrough that we want to be seeing. And so our teams are, are you know, they come, and, and they leave tired and, you know, wore out. And, you know, you, you spend four or five hours praying for people with no, like, apparent breakthrough. You, know, you got people in cancer and, you know, oxygen tanks and tumors and you know, people, they're, they're in rough condition you're praying 20, 30 minutes till you're turning blue in the face until you're sweating and, you know, and nothing ha seems to happen. And they leave and the next one comes in and you're repeating this process, you know, and you're, you're sweating. You're like, oh, Jesus. And they leave and nothing happens. You do that five times in a row and oh, you're not feeling so hot at, by the end of the day. And, you know, you're the ministry team, but you're asking the guy in the oxygen tank, you're like, excuse me, but can I borrow that for a second? And, uh... <laughs> I'll give it back in a minute. I just need a minute. Just... So I, t I, I, told, I told the people yesterday, our prayer teams, literally our prayer teams sometimes would leave looking worse than the people who came in for prayer. You know, they're, we're, you know, dragging each other out, like, oh, who's going to pray for me now? And that was just kind of the reality of, the, you know, what we were dealing with. And, and so, you know, I just, I just started to pray. I said, God, it, I might not be the smartest person on the planet, but you said that it's to be on earth as it is in heaven. And this that we're experiencing right here, this... This does not feel like heaven right here, okay? What this is going on doesn't feel like heaven. <laughs> uh, something, something needs to shift. Something needs to change. 
And I'm assuming that what needs to change isn't on your end. So God, what, what are we doing wrong? What do we have to do different? What do we have to change? Because I know you've made the provision. I know that healing people, the kingdom coming is your idea. What are we going to do different? And this is simply what God said. He said, take your eye off the problem and put it back on the one who is the solution. Take your eye off the problem and put it back on the one who is the solution. And I begin to realize, ah, oh, we've been going after this thing all wrong. And we had started this ministry because there was a lot of sick people that were being attracted to our church. And, you know, we didn't have anything going on on Saturday, so we started a healing room on Saturday. You know, we had church on Friday, church on Sunday, but nothing on Saturday. So we're like, let's start a ministry. <laughs> So, you know, we're like, who wants to see impossible cases bow their knee to Jesus? Everybody's like, woohoo, that sounds like fun. And, you know, a bunch of people sign up. And, you know, you know that excitement lasted about three months. Three months of like, woohoo, this is going to be awesome. Until it was, you know, becoming apparent that it wasn't awesome. And then they're like, oh, I don't, I don't like this so much. And, you know, people stopped coming back. And the people who did come, you know, they, they were dragging themselves in there. And the teams just dwindled and dwindled. And, you know, and then I told the people yesterday that, um, you know, uh, it was a year into it is when I, I took over as directing it. And there was, there was two Saturdays in the, in the first two months that I took over that nobody, that nobody in our team showed up to pray for the sick. <laughs> Look, that's a bad day at the office right there. <laughs> I mean, there were sick people there, and there was nobody to pray for the sick. Well, you know, we're on rotation, you know, we had our teams, and we tried to create a rotation of people, and, you know, one Saturday... I, I forget why. One Saturday, I wasn't there for whatever reason. I wasn't able to go. And I got, a, I got a call from the church maintenance guy. He's like, hey, there's sick people wandering around the halls wondering like, where they're supposed to be right now. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> this, this, is not, this does not feel like heaven. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus, help. You ever prayed that prayer? Help. It's a good prayer. It's powerful. And, and so God, God simply said, take your eyes off the problem. And I begin to realize that we had created this ministry in response to a problem. And that we actually, that we actually were catering to need more than we were catering to heaven. And we started because there were sick people around. And, we, and we, we gathered together in the morning to pray because there are sick people on their way. And everything we're doing was actually about the sickness. Now, we wanted to see the kingdom come and the sickness go away, but it was actually more about the sickness than it was about the kingdom. And we would worship. We would gather, you know, the team would gather in the morning and we'd, we'd pray and we'd worship. And, and we had the form of worship. But we had one eye on God and we had one eye on the problem. Yeah. Just being real. 
and uh, you know, we have one eye and gone, and we have one eye looking out, you know, out the, the window, the door, like, oh man, who's out there this week? You know, this is the, this is the healing rooms team, and we're like, you know, we're supposed to be worshiping, like, oh no, there's Sally in the wheelchair again. Oh, oh, I, oh, I prayed for her last week, and nothing happened. Like, oh God, God, give her to Johnny. He's got more faith for that type of stuff than I do. And, you know, this is our worship time, right? That's what's going on, on the inside. On the outside, we're like, oh, Lord, you're holy. You can do all things. You know, and, and <laughs> just being honest. And, and, uh, and, God, and God's like, get your eyes off the problem. And, God, and I said, God, how, how, how will we know that we're ready? And here it is. God said, you'll know that you're ready when you've forgotten that there are sick people waiting outside. <laughs> wow, That's, that, is, that is easier said than done. You know that you're ready when you've forgotten that there are sick people waiting outside. And so it just sent us on this journey of pressing in to worship, not, not to worship because there are sick people coming, but to worship because we're lost in His goodness. And it sent us in this process, and we just started, we just, we had one guy and a guitar, he just started to play, and we had, you know, small teams back then, there'd be six of us, you know, eight of us, and we are just praying, and, and, and pretty soon, you know, we got one eye on God, one eye on the people outside, and pretty soon we started to get both eyes, you know, looking up at God, and, and the next thing you know, the presence is starting to flow, and and freedom is starting to flow, and joy is starting to flow, and people are starting to get happy, and people are starting to get lost, and people are, are starting to laugh, and real praise is starting to explode, and people are singing a new song, and singing in tongues, and joy is breaking out, and they're laying hands on each other, and they're laughing, and falling, and shaking, and rolling on the ground, and having a good old Jesus party. <laughs> And literally, literally, it got to the point where somebody had to be, come by and be like, hey, aren't, aren't there sick people waiting outside? <laughs> and, you know, it was this process for us that, that there, was, there was several times when, you know, we were supposed to open the doors for ministry at 9 a.m. And there was lots of times where we didn't open the doors until 9.15, sometimes 9.30. There was, there was a couple of times we didn't open the doors until 9.45, and there's people in wheelchairs and oxygen tanks outside. But it's like, God, we've got to get this. Are we going to cater to the need, or are we going to cater to heaven? Because I, I have to be convinced that you're a lot better at meeting the need than I am. But once we got there, and I remember, it was, it, you know, this was a process, but there was a distinct, like, we broke into something brand new. And there was literally a day where we were like 45 minutes, like, you know, we were supposed to be open, whatever it was, 30 minutes, and we're just on the ground, like, in God, oh, you're amazing, God. And somebody tapped me on the shoulder, like, hey, when are you going to open the doors? You know, there's sick people out there, like, oh, yeah, okay. Better let them in, but this time when we open the doors, they don't walk into a nice ministry. They walk into an encounter with God. 
And the first week, the first week we came to this breakthrough, a man stepped over the threshold of, a, of the door and he was 100% deaf in his left ear. His deaf ear popped open. Walking in the room. Ah! <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Do <laughs> you know, the next week, a woman came. She had four cancerous tumors on her chest. She was, waiting in, she was waiting in the room for her turn for prayer. And as she's waiting, the tumors disappear. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> oh. And the, the, like two weeks after that, a man who had torn... Uh, the, the, I think it was the meniscus, the ligament in his knee. He's just waiting before it, they even get to pray for him. God just heals his knee just in the presence. And, phew, things just started to explode. Now, now instead of trying to convince God to follow us and do what we're doing, we're just trying to, we're trying to keep up with God. And, and what, was, what was taxing and hard and daunting and not a lot of fun, all of a sudden it just began to explode with life and joy and freedom. And our teams that had dwindled down to almost nothing, now people were like, how do I sign up for the healing rooms? I hear about how much fun you guys are having in there. And like things just, just started to swell and explode in the presence of God. Say the presence. All the things just begin to happen in the presence that we've tried to make happen in our own efforts. Yeah. Wow. And I know, I, know this is, I know this is stuff that, that a lot of us know so well. But the kingdom stuff, it just, it's worth repeating sometimes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, you know. It, it, it does us good to recognize that revival wasn't our idea. That the kingdom come in earth, that, that wasn't our idea. <clears throat> that God touching your city, that wasn't your idea. That God moving miraculously through you still wasn't your idea. That God says that He wants to cover the whole earth with the knowledge of His glory. That, that revival, releasing revival on the nations was His idea. That transforming your city was His idea. That releasing grace and power through you was His idea. So <laughs> we don't have to twist God's arm to come and do what was His idea to do in the first place. Somebody say grace. grace. Wow. Say grace one more time. Grace. Grace. <laughs> grace can be looked at like this. And again, you could, you could spend weeks just teaching on grace. But grace really is God's operational power at work on our behalf. Like literally, it's God coming and doing what we can't do in and of ourselves. Wow. Mercy was us not getting what we deserved. Anybody besides me been pulled out of darkness? Four of us. All right. <laughs> Anybody been, been born again 
been saved by Jesus? Anybody been pulled out of darkness? That mercy pulled us out of darkness. But as we talked about already, he didn't pull us out of darkness and leave us there. On the banks of darkness. But he, he put us into his marvelous light. That mercy pulled us out of darkness, but it's grace that puts us into his marvelous light. Mercy is us, us not getting what we deserve, but grace is us getting what he deserves. Oh, come on, Jesus. That grace literally is God showing up and doing what I can't do in and of myself. I don't, I don't, know, how, I don't know how cancer disappears. <laughs> but grace. Say grace. grace. I don't know how metal disappears. I don't know how tumors disappear. But because of grace, I can give myself permission to see those things happen anyway. Yes. You only access grace where you recognize grace. Yes. That, that we actually have the ability to give up our right and our need to understand. Yes. Oh. Wow. I don't... I don't know how metal leaves somebody's body. I don't know. I've never been to medical school, and even if I had, I still wouldn't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that lady who had the, had the infection that ate the nerves in her ear and left her with, you know, continual vertigo, and how that, how that gets restored in a moment. How does that happen? I don't know. I just know that he's good. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. That God, that God actually wants to come and do what we can't do. <laughs> and God even wants to come and do what we can't do, even in the midst of our imperfection. Somebody say, come on, Jesus, to that one. <laughs> That it's only, it's only a message, it's only a gospel of grace when he does it through imperfect vessels. <laughs> if we have to be all polished and perfect and, and have it all together to see God move through us, then that message isn't translatable to the world. But we can say to them, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, got, I got no special skill set. I don't, I don't necessarily have to have an education number, letter, numbers behind my name, letters behind my name. I just, <laughs> see, I told you I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but Jesus shows up anyway. Oh, the, the world goes, ah, oh, there's hope for me. I can do that. Thank you, Father. Shoo. Thank you. And so we went on this journey of trading our efforts for his presence. And trading our ability for his grace. Trading our need to understand for his trust. And the, more we, and the more we do, the more he comes. And the more he comes, the more good things happen. That he's a good God all the time. 
and his presence is him, amen, if his presence is him, then it's impossible to have his presence come and not have good things happen. I'm going to say that again. It is impossible because he's good and his presence is him. It's impossible to have his presence come and not have good things happen. Wow. Sometimes we just need to recognize what's available in the presence that's come because that, that accesses the grace that's always been available. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Wow. Healing isn't something he does. Healing is something he is. Here's, just a, here's, a, little, here's a little side note. that <clears throat> Healing is something he is, and his presence comes when we worship him. Therefore, I, I believe that every time we access him in worship, he starts to come. Healing is available. There's churches all over the world who are worshiping Jesus. They love him. His presence coming. They never see miracles. Why? Because they don't know grace is available for that. They don't need six months of training. They don't need, you know, a doctorate in theology. They, if they just recognize, oh, that peace of God is coming in the room right now, that means Jesus, who is healing, is here. Miracles will start breaking out in the room. In that very moment. Because you access grace where you recognize grace. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Papa. Wow, how much <laughs> revival is his idea. So what is he what is he wanting to do through you in your city? I know you guys got the craziest testimonies, too. I've, I've heard a few of them, and I'd love to hear more. We just feed on the testimony. But I love this testimony. There's a, there's a couple who moved to Reading because they wanted to be a part of what was going on. And, and uh, they moved from Hawaii to Reading, and, you know, they, they wanted to be involved in ministry or whatever. So they get to Reading, and they're like, okay, God, you know, what ministry do you want us to plug into? What do you want us to do? And... And God's like, I want you to open, start a business. And they're like, business? We came here for ministry. And God's like, no, I want you to open a business. And then they're like, okay, what business do you want us to open then? Like, they, don't, they don't have any business background. God's like, I want you to open a pizza parlor. Like, they, they know nothing about making pizza or running a business. <laughs> Starting to sound like God yet? <laughs> they... They, they don't know anything about making pizza. And they're like, just, they just hear God say, I want you to open a pizza parlor. So they're like, okay. So they start researching, like, how do you open a pizza parlor? Of course, after, you know, a season of wrestling and trying to convince God that, you know, trying to rebuke the voice of God and all that, you know. Finally, they're like, okay. So they, they start the process and they open this pizza restaurant. And, you know, they, they got it open and it's doing okay. And... Uh, you know, they're, they're doing what they know how to do, and, you know, they have, you know, they have, you know, homeless people, down-out people who kind of started to know if you go there, they'll give you free pizza, and they'll pray for you, and they do, you know, so they're doing that, and that's, that's good, you know, see a couple people got born again and all this stuff, but they're like, God, oh, there's got to be more, like, you didn't have us open a pizza restaurant just, just for this, like, what, 
what do you want us to do? And God, start, God said, start praying over the dough. <laughs> Not God, oh, like, will you bless the dough? Like, no, pray over the dough. Like, release the kingdom. Like, find out what God is blessing and then do that. And so they started praying, they started shundying, they started prophesying. They're like in the back making the dough. Shundada come, Holy Ghost, you know, releasing the kingdom of God in the dough. Like, yeah, Jesus, get them. <laughs> Do you know that as they're doing, they're release. Oh, man, I feel that. <laughs> they're, they're releasing the kingdom of God into the dough, the pizza dough that people started eat, eating their pizza and getting healed. People started having miracles eating their pizza. Look, and then it, it was gone farther than that, and people in our city, people who don't know Jesus, have started to have dreams that if they go to this pizza restaurant and eat the pizza, that God will heal them. They've had a couple of people, they've had two people that I know of specifically, but they... Um, but, but one of them was so allergic to, to, to dairy and to, uh, you know, wheat, the, the dough, that they had an epinephrine pen. And if they got, if they touched that stuff, they would, you know, they would just balloon up. And if they ingested any of it, they'd have to take the pen and get rushed to the hospital. A non-believer in this condition has a dream. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> the non-believer in our city has a dream, and in the dream they see themselves go to this pizza restaurant, order a pizza, sit down, eat the pizza, and they eat the pizza, and they're totally healed. So they show up at the restaurant. They don't tell the employees till after, which, you know... They said later that they're thankful that they didn't know, you know. But she orders a pizza, brings a friend with them, just in case, you know. They need somebody to drive, you know. Bring a friend, they're sitting at the table. They put the epinephrine pen out on the table, and they're like, okay, here we go. And they eat the pizza, presence of God, completely healed, have not had a problem since, have given their heart to Jesus. Their, many of their family members have, have come to the revelation of Jesus. Oh, why? Because, <laughs> because they're kneading the dough with the goodness and the presence of God. Because, because they gave up their right to understand. They're just, they're just in this process of like, all right, God, I don't know. My job is to trust you. That they're, they're not, that they're not picking something good to do and asking God to bless it, but they're asking God, what are you blessing? And let me go and do that. Wait, are you sure it's a pizza restaurant? Are you sure? You realize we have no business background? They just, they just opened, they just opened their, well, not just, probably a year ago, they opened their second location, the sister city, because it's just exploding. Somebody say, come on, Jesus. <laughs> it is West Side Pizza. You've been there? Every time you go, come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh -huh.
Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The revival is, is God's idea. I, you know, I just, I want to, I want to hit this point, and I'll just, I'll just leave it there, but, you know, honor is really a foundational backbone for everything that's, for, for revival, and especially everything that's happening back home, and, and somebody asked Bill one time, like, what, what do you think is, what do you think that is the key, you know, that that's just allowed this to, to go on this many years and obviously, you know, God and Jesus in the presence. Apart from that, he said, you know, the key is honor. If you remove, if you remove the peg of honor, the whole thing would fall down. And, uh, you know, the, the essence of, of honor, you know, as we understand it really is about treating people as they're called to be, not as they are. Relate, relating to people as they're called to be, you know, ministering to people as they're called to be, prophesying to people, you know, teaching people, declaring, you know, whatever it is, but relating to people as they're called to be, not as they are. And, you know, the next point on that is that, you know, I've been, I've been, in Reading 11 years myself and I just so much life that it's just it's just carried in this place is released through honor but in that as much life is exchanged between people and I've never met anybody that responds to honor as quickly or profoundly as Holy Spirit that his presence is him. And if you ever tried to give honor to Holy Spirit and not have him come? <laughs> wow. Yeah. See, it's working right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, that honor, honor between people releases life. Yeah. Yeah, honor mirrors the way of heaven, but Holy Spirit is also a person. Yeah. Well, and he just happens to be the person that, that testifies of Jesus, that leads us into all truth. He happens to be the person that Jesus himself says, it's better for you that I go away. Because when I go, I'm going to send another. Our ability to, to give honor to Holy Spirit releases kingdom life like nothing else. Thank you, Papa. We love you, Jesus. Hmm. Two more points, and I'm just I'm just <clears throat> bouncing around a little bit. I realize it's it's a tad disjointed. You know, obviously, each one of these things could be developed into into multiple sessions themselves. But I just pulling out a, a few things I felt like God highlighted as being key um, for this. <clears throat> so, 
You know, the next one is celebrating risk. Celebrating risk. To have a culture of, of revival and God showing up and people empowered and the kingdom coming and, you know, this play, the atmosphere where people are just in this place of like, all right, well, I'm supposed to open a pizza restaurant and I'm sure the kingdom's going to come in radical ways. Like, like, to get there, a foundation is creating an atmosphere where you celebrate, where you celebrate the risk more than the outcome. And, and to literally, where you create a place where, where, where risk is celebrated to the point where, where people learn how to applaud risk even when, even when there isn't immediate testimony connected to it. <laughs> and and the, the, this is such a, it's such a fun, beautiful exercise. And if you've never done it before, I encourage you to try to do it. But to, to teach on risk, encourage people in stuff, and then make place for people to give testimony where they, they took a risk, they tried something, but nothing happened. <laughs> I mean, you know, just an example. You're, you're encouraging your people to go out and pray for people in public, you know, and whatever. And, and you, 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 you teach and you release it out there. And, of course, you have testimonies where good things happen. But train your people how to have somebody come up and say, man, this is what I did. I stepped out in the supermarket and I asked this lady who was limping if I could pray for her. And I prayed and, you know, I invited Jesus and nothing happened. And she left limping. And everybody stands up and applauds and goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't get it yet. That's all right. We'll, we'll get it. <laughs> we can't please God apart from faith. God gets excited about those who get excited about Him. He responds to us responding to Him. You know, we're asking for more, and He gives us a little. He gives us a drop, you know. And so, you know, the greatest expression of faith is simply stepping out and going, excuse me. That's the moment that God's going, ah, oh, look at that. Look at that, that person, that guy, that gal. They actually believed what I said. They believed who, who I am. They believed what I've said. They've stepped out, and God's heart's exploding. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. That means when we step into that realm of trust, his heart explodes with pleasure. That's always going to attract more. Oh, it's the best way to pull down the, you know, the sand castles. I got to have a bigger testimony, or oh, I don't know if I can be as anointed as Johnny. Or uh, it's just like, ah, it's never been about that. It's been about us creating a, a, an environment where we just we trust God. It's fun. You should try it. Invite people to come up. Hey, who took a risk this week? And you didn't see the breakthrough you thought you were going to, but you took a risk anyway. Come up here. Share the testimony. And you just have everybody stand up and go crazy, shouting and applauding. Just, just imagine the empowerment that comes to everybody else in the room. Because they all go, oh, I could do that. 
<laughs> I could do that. I could go out and get it wrong. People are going to celebrate me for getting it wrong. This is awesome. But you also know what happens. You get enough people doing that, and you're going to get it right sometimes. And then faith releases more faith, and breakthrough releases more breakthrough, and next thing you know, you're turning your city upside down. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> oh, last, last thing I want to hit is, is uh, just this thing of dreaming, dreaming with God. And, you know, we, we as the bride, I just believe we're getting, we're getting better and better all the time at, at, at learning to dream in God. You know, we're, freedom is just, is just overtaking the bride. You know, it's just growing throughout the, the bride all over the, the planet. And people are coming more into their identity and sonship and realizing that God's already paid the price and, and that he wants it more than we want it. And, and people, are, people are, are getting free enough to express their dreams in God. But as I, as I said already, that revival is his idea. I mean, revival is his idea. Changing your city is his idea. Touching the people around you, that's his idea. Seeing the lady healed of cancer, he wants to see that happen more than you want to see it happen. That it, and that he wants to move through you to see it happen even more than you want him to move through you to see it happen. Hmm. So I believe that even as we're learning to dream in God, I believe that there's, another, that there's another level where we're actually starting to let God dream in us. Not just giving, like, not just you dreaming in God, but you actually... That you actually just put yourself in the place of trust and say, all right, God, what are you dreaming about? What are you dreaming about? Because I can pick something good to do and ask you to bless it, or I can find out what you're blessing, attach myself to that, and realize that it's already blessed. The favor, favor is already on it. God, what are you dreaming about? Oh, are you sure it's a pizza restaurant? <laughs> well, or whatever, whatever the case is for your city, your ministry. Yeah. And then, God, I'll never change the subject. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, I, I thank you for taking a disjointed message and making it make sense. Thanks, God. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, in fact, I just, 
I just, as I was about to pray for you, I just feel like that, that there's a release, a space just to ask God to dream in you. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Jesus, we just invite you to come. We just invite you to come. And Father, I just thank you for the spirit of revelation, wisdom and revelation. Father, we all have so many areas that we trust you. and We all have areas that, that you can grow us in. So we just invite you just to come and expand our capacity to hold more of you. God, I thank you that revival is your idea. So we say, God, what are you dreaming? What are you dreaming about? God, what do you, right now, God, what do you want to dream through me? Thank you, Papa. More of you. More of you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. Yeah, Father. Wow. For the moment, we just we just remove all of the hows, all of the whys. We remove every financial question. Yeah, we remove all of that. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Yeah, we just we just bind up every one of those thoughts right now, and we just say, "Come, come, Holy Spirit, just release the dream of God right now." Thanks, God. Father, what does it look like? What does it look like? What does it look like? Thank you, Father. Just, well, just give you a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. Beautiful Jesus, beautiful Jesus, beautiful Jesus, beautiful Jesus. Thank you, Papa. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you're willing, if you're able, I just invite you to stand. I just want to, I just want to pray. I just, well, I feel like, I feel it. I feel actually the presence increasing. I feel the weight on that increasing, and I just encourage you just to continue to, to just to let God minister to you in that place. But I just want to, <laughs> as we've said several times already, I was about to say I want to bless you. But, uh, but more accurately, I feel the blessing of God already on you. So I just want to partner with what he's doing. <laughs> wow. So well, can you just put on uh, a little... Uh, music in the back, and I'm just going to come and pray, and I know we have tonight, and uh, I'm excited for what God's going to do tonight, wow, there's so much, so much grace created in, in this group already, <clears throat> so there's just going to be an outflow of that, but I,
But before we open up the doors and more people come in, I just want to lay hands on this group uh, today and just ask him just to, just to breathe on what he's doing. Yeah. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for who you are and what you're doing. And Father, I just invite, Father, wow, you've done so much through each and every one of them already, Father. I just ask, wow, that you would just breathe the increase of heaven, Father, on us in Jesus' name. The increase of heaven on us in Jesus' name. More, 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 Father. More, more, more. The increase of heaven in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would give us more than we could think or imagine. Father, in Jesus' name, the lightnings of God going through her. Wow, Father, the dreamer of heaven. Father, in Jesus' name. The dreamer of heaven in Jesus' name. Wow. Yeah, he's saying to keep dreaming, to keep dreaming, to keep dreaming. Wow. I don't know your story, but wow, you've come through much and you've, you've battled much and you've overcome so many hurdles and you've never stopped dreaming. Wow. And the Lord says keep dreaming because you're about to hit your stride. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And there's a place, well, there's a place in the race. Wow. Uh, that marathoners talk about that I will never know because I don't like to run that far but <laughs> but they hit their stride wow. where it actually gets easier to run wow <laughs> it actually gets easier so Father I thank you wow, for Nicole ah, and the grace of heaven fl- flowing through them in Jesus name fire God in Jesus name Whoa, I thank you for this man, the inventive, creative, uh, uh, the, the curious, inventive, creative nature over Greg. That, even that thing that, that got him in trouble when he was little, God. Wow, that you're stirring that pot up, God. Wow, and you're saying yes. Wow, and he's, he's, uh, he's kneading the dough of the miraculous into that inventive, creative Wow, curiosity in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Shh, more. Yeah, just give them more. Shh, more power. More power. More grace. Wow, thank you, Father. More. Shh, more fire. More. Thank you, God. More the word of the Lord. Thank you, Papa. More of you. More of you. Come, Holy Ghost. We just ask, Father. Uh, we just bless what you're blessing, God, in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for the joy of the Lord. Wow, that's so resonant, God, in this body. So resonant. So much joy. Wow, so much freedom. So much, wow, the prophetic life of God. Wow, the prophetic mothering. There's such a prophetic, there's a prophetic utterance, but it's this mothering prophetic. It doesn't have to be long, uh, flowery, profound word. You just have the voice of the mother. And when you speak, people's hearts, wow, they come into alignment. Wow, yeah, they become whole. You can shift seasons and shift people's moments just with a simple word. Father, we just bless with your blessing, God. Holy Spirit, come, fill more of you, Papa, in Jesus' name. 
loud. More. Fill. God, increase. More. More. Wow. More. Ha ha. Well, thank you. the seer realm. Wow. Thank you for the feeler realm, the angelic. Thanks, God. Increase the grace of heaven. More of you, Papa, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. More, 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 more. Fill, fill, fill. Thanks, God. Father, wow. <laughs> How much God can one person hold? Thank you, Papa. Thank you, God. Wow. Yeah. As we let go more, you give us more. Wow. And Father, I thank you for the fresh season. The fresh season. The fresh season. I see a fresh season. Wow, that's coming over you in Jesus' name. Uh, things have been good, but there's also been some, some rustle, rustle uh, some contendings and pushing. Wow, I see a fresh season. Wow, wow, wide open spaces. Like wide open range in the spirit. Wow, freedom to run. Uh, more. Wow, and he's giving you fresh horses. Wow, fresh horses, fresh horses. Wow, he's cutting out some old, wow, he's cutting out some some roots, he's cutting out some old, wow, and he's giving you new, fresh horses to run. Wow, Father, I thank you. Even, even fresh divine partnerships, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord. Yeah, Father, I thank you that they need the fresh horses, God, to run, to run with the dream that you've already given them. Wow, Papa, in Jesus' name. Oh, they need it, God. They need it. Oh, yeah. So we bless it, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. More come. Thank you for these two, Father. Father, thank you for the worshiping hearts, God. Wow. Father, those who know how to explode in worship, God. Uh, to open up the heavens, God. Uh, to create open places, open spaces, Father, that others get to come into you, Father. And, and you create an upwind, an, an updraft, God. Uh, you take people right through, wow, wow, the hard places. Wow, you don't know a brass ceiling, huh? Wow, and that people get caught up, wow, in the grace, wow, that you create. So, Father, I thank you for these worshiping hearts, Father. Yep. And all the other things they do, they're worshipers first. Wow, so I just bless, bless, bless. I thank you for the building block anointing that you're releasing over them. God, wow. Yeah, especially over Clint. Rather, there's specific, um, yeah, building block season. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's a strategic season of doing things in the right timing, in the right order. And he shows you to set one thing up which creates foundation for the next. Wow. And it's not as quick as things have gone in seasons past. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's deeper, stronger, and more profound. Thank you, Father. I bless what you're doing, Father, in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, God. Lord of you. Thanks, Father. Lord. Fill, fill, fill. 
Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. More. More, 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 more. Father, thank you for supernatural expectancy. Wow. Thank you, Father. Wow. I thank you for grace. Grace on their... their there's this, I see a specific grace on your words and your declarations. Wow. And then I see God giving you declarations to make and as you declare them in the atmosphere, they come to pass. And you literally, you literally get to open up new realms and new seasons with your words and your declarations at this time. But Father, we bless that in Jesus' name. Wow. Father, I thank you for the incubator stage that they've been in. Wow. But I feel like God's about to open up the doors of the greenhouse. Wow! Wow, yeah. And and new life and growth is about to explode. Wow. That what you've what you've experienced, wow, it's been great. And it, it'd be like, oh, this is this is so good. And, and God's like, no, that's just been the incubating stage. Wow. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Thank you for Connie. Thank you for Mama Connie and just the joy. Wow. Yeah, and the freedom. And God, I thank you for the vision and expectation uh, that you've given her. Uh, God, just I just see this. Um, uh, thanks, Papa. I just see this this vision board. It's not even a whiteboard. It's just this vision board, and, it, and it's always fresh. It's always new. Have the ability to see wider and broader than than so many other people around you. It's always fresh faith, and, and sometimes you even wrestle with it and struggle with it because you haven't always had the understanding or know how to make it make sense. But God's just reminding you, well, that that's that's the way I've created. Wow. Yeah. The prophets usually see early. They see down the line. Before they understand, wow! They feel they feel the turns, wow! Before they come, wow! And so, Father, I pray that you would increase even the place of dreaming. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 
Just to let you know, tonight starts at 7. Okay, isn't that right? Isn't it? Did you look on the... Okay, so just to let you everybody know. Yeah, so uh, just keep drinking between now and then. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, it's good. Keep drinking. <laughs> 